Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The 2020 MLB season will be one like any other that we have seen before. A 60-game sprint in just over two months to decide who will be playing in October in a format that lends itself to the unpredictable. But that's where Greg Peterson comes in. He's got you covered daily, highlighting elements and angles that will be essential to know along with his picks with every single game on every single day. Now it is time for the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. Hey, warm hello. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a terrific show for you as we are now powered by Book It HQ. With Book It HQ, the app is going to be coming out on November 1st. And if you've not heard of Book It HQ, it's essentially going to be your hub for a little bit of everything when it comes to sports betting. Posting up your plays there. You're going to be able to see other people's plays. Handicappers are going to be involved. You've got great podcasts like myself, the Parlay Cast, which Jeff Parles does. You heard him on this podcast yesterday. You're going to be able to track line moves. You're going to be able to go there and you're going to be able to interact with other betters. It's going to be absolutely terrific. November 1st is launch date. You're able to follow them on Twitter at BookItHQ and you're going to be able to follow our guest at Steve A. Gardner. Steve Gardner of USA Today is going to be joining me in the second segment. We're going to be talking to him about the postseason that we've seen. Truth be told, we wound up doing that interview before the Atlanta Braves absolutely put a beat down on the LA Dodgers. So There is that disclaimer there, but we're going to have a great chat with him about this postseason, what might be happening when it comes to the World Series. We both still think that the Rays are going to somehow, someway get there, but we are going to be having a Game 6 in the ALCS. We're going to have a Game 5 in the NLCS as well, so we're going to be giving you guys a side in total on both of those games and a little something I like to call Touch Them All in the final segment. I do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If there is something that you'd like answered, fire that 
send into my Twitter timeline at JRS41. If you send these in via direct message, letters DM to me mean does not matter. Did not get in any today other than people wondering what in the world is wrong with Clayton Kershaw in the postseason and what in the world is wrong with the LA Dodgers. So let's take a look back at both games that we saw from yesterday. Try to find the trends and try to find out why in the heck the LA Dodgers are down 3-1 to one and why in the heck the Astros wound up forcing a game 6. What happened yesterday? Let's go around the bases and find out. We have been talking about hitting with men in scoring position for the Houston Astros and their struggles in the first three games of this series with the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, on Thursday, it was the Tampa Bay Rays that couldn't hit with men in scoring position. Three solo home runs was all the offense that they had. They lose the Houston Astros by a count of 4-3. to three. For the Astros, they wind up walking it off with a big Carlos Correa home run. And for Carlos Correa... Five home runs for this gentleman during the regular season. He now has six in the postseason. I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before in George Springer. He wound up being able to go deep off of Mr. John Curtis in the first inning for the Tampa Bay Rays. It was the somewhat wholesale approach they wound up going with Mr. Curtis. He wound up being able to get the team four outs. And then from there, they turned it over to Josh Fleming. Josh Fleming is a bulk guy. Gives up two runs over the course of three innings. And then Aaron Sleggers, they've sort of used as sort of a semi-long relief guy. He looked very solid. Two and two-thirds innings of scoreless baseball. But Nick Anderson was trying to come in. And he was trying to hold down the four, trying to get to the team to extra innings. He wound up getting four outs. And then he winds up giving up that walk-off home run for the Tampa Bay Rays. G-Man Choi tied up the game in the eighth inning. A huge home run off of Josh James. He wound up doing the bat flip. So in ode to his brethren in the KBO, Randy Arozorena winds up getting his sixth home run over the last two series. This man is white out. We're going to be talking to our good buddy Steve Gardner a little bit about him in the second segment because Steve also does a lot when it comes to fantasy baseball, so he looks at a little bit more of these individuals. His third of this series as well, that came off of one Inoli Paredes, and then you had Brandon Lau being able to go deep off of Mr. Blake Taylor. That is his first of the postseason as for Taylor, he wound up getting two outs in this one, and it was Luis Garcia who wound up getting the start. Two scoreless innings for him. He did give up two runs in the process. For Paredes, he gave up on those home runs. He wound up going one and two-thirds innings. Andre Scrub continues to not give up runs. He winds up giving up two hits in one and a third innings, but he doesn't give up a single run. He's got a K to walk rate that is absolutely insane. He's given up right around six walks per nine innings, and yet between the regular and postseason, ERA sub two. Brooks Raley, solid inning for this team as well. You had Ryan Presley get the save, and Josh James gave up that home run to G-Man Choi, but all of a sudden, it is now a three to two series. The last team that was down three to zero that forced a game six, the 2004 Boston Red Sox. So, oh boy, buckle up for safety there. And if you're an LA Dodgers fan, you need to buckle up for safety here. They wind up falling to the Atlanta Braves by kind of 10 to 2. Postseason struggles for Clayton Kershaw continue. Now, I know that there are quite a few people that said that Clayton Kershaw should have been pulled a little bit beforehand. We know that the back spasms are certainly there from, but the numbers are the numbers. He went five innings. He gave up four runs, all of which were earned, including a home run. Brasuda Gretterall winds up coming in. He didn't lend a lot of relief either. He wound up getting one out, and he gave up three runs, all of which were earned. For Marcel Zuna, he had both home runs in this game. He went deep off of Kershaw once, and then he would wind up going deep off of Dylan Floro in the seventh inning. So he winds up getting a pair in this one. Victor Gonzalez, he looks solid out of the bullpen, but for Floro, he winds up giving up that home run. He goes one and two-thirds innings, and then Jake McGee winds up getting the final out of the game. And for the LA Dodgers... I mean, this is just absolutely inexcusable. The fact that they wind up putting up two runs and a start by Bryce Wilson.
Wilson, and you can make the case that Wilson was pulled out a little bit early. Six innings, he gives up one run. That one run was a home run by Chris Taylor. He gave up only one hit as well, so that was it for him. 74 pitches over the course of six innings. From there, Will Smith wound up getting jiggy with the game as he only recorded one out. He wound up blocking a pair, giving up a hit. He would give up an earned run, but you had Chris Martin being able to get out of that jam. And then Tyler Madzik, Shane Green wind up closing out the game as the Atlanta Braves are now one game away from the World Series. And now they've given up two runs or fewer in, I believe, now all but three of their games in the postseason. So it is very important incredible what the Atlanta Braves are doing. It's just been an incredible postseason in general. And joining me to talk a little bit more in depth about the NLCS, who the Tampa Bay Rays might be able to square off against best when it comes to the World Series and so much more. That'd be Steve Gardner of USA Today. And that's on the other side right here on the Baseball Bank Podcast. Myself, Craig Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. And we're back in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Bank Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, proudly brought to you by Book It Sports. Book It Sports, the app that is coming out November 1st. You're able to follow them on Twitter at Book It HQ. Doing a great job making a little bit more of a social media feed for your bet. So you want to take a look at that. And you always want to take a look at the great work that Steve Gardner is doing. He's over there with USA Today. This is a band that has been dialed in on Major League Baseball all year long. Even when it looked like we may or may not be getting a season, this is a band that he was with it through and through, and you are able to follow him on Twitter at Steve A. Gardner. And Steve, it's great to have you back aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, thank you, Greg. And you're right. It looked a little shaky back in <laughs> April and May, whether we'd get this season in, but looks like we're going to and have some great playoff action to cap it off with. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of great action, I know that you do a tremendous job looking at just the fantasy side of Major League Baseball. And how surprised have you been that we've seen the breakout star of the postseason, Randy Arozarena, do what he's been able to do with the Tampa Bay Rays? I mean, this has been absolutely incredible. This is someone that saw a couple of bats for the St. Louis Cardinals during the 2019 season, and he had a nice regular season with the Rays in limited time. I mean, he got like 65 or so at-bats. He was able to pound out a couple homers. He was always able to give you a professional at-bat. But going into Thursday's action, five home runs in the last two series. This guy is just about as hot as lava right It's now. amazing. And the fact that he wasn't even with the team until basically September when he was called up from the alternate training site. You know, had some COVID issues and who knows how that impacts players as they're trying to be able to do their jobs. But amazingly enough, he came in, had a ridiculously hot September, is on the postseason roster, and has just continued that into the playoffs. And yeah, you're right. He's the breakout star. And I think we'll be looking forward to, you know, what he does in the years to come because he's only 25 and a lot of people don't know a whole heck of a lot about him. He doesn't have that long of a track record coming over from Cuba in our minor leagues. So yeah, he's been kind of the mystery man who's all of a sudden gotten his chance in the spotlight. And I think we're going to be saying that about a lot of these guys in the Tampa Bay Rays. He's uh, about a lot of these guys in the Tampa Bay Rays farm system in years to come as they just do a great job time and time again. And you take a look at this Rays team. We're recording this before Game 5 of the Astros versus the Tampa Bay Rays. But unless if the Rays wind up blowing a 3-0 to zero lead, they're going to make their second World Series. And which of the NL teams do you think they would match up a little bit better against? Because with the LA Dodgers, 
We've seen them in this postseason certainly have a little bit of a feast or famine roll with the bats. It certainly was a big giant feast in game three when they wind up putting up 11 runs in the first inning. But I mean, I think that it's going to be so intriguing to see how things wind up shaking up because with the Atlanta Braves, they've got such a good bullpen, but it's one of these situations as well with them that they just need a little bit more starting pitching. We saw that in game three with Kyle Wright, and they wound up having to trot out their Bryce Wilson yesterday. Yeah, and I think once we move back into the traditional play two games, an off day, and then three games, and then another off day where you can sort of reset your bullpen and maybe push your starters, your best starters on short rest, I think that's where it really helps the Braves because you know they have gotten such great efforts from Max Freed and from Ian Anderson that they can afford to kind of rely on those guys to carry them through. The Washington Nationals sort of did that on their way to a championship last year, getting the most innings out of their best pitchers. I think that helps the Braves. And again, you know, you talk about their bullpen up against the Tampa Bay bullpen. Boy, that would be just an incredible matchup. I mean, I don't know who would have the advantage there. Maybe Tampa Bay, but certainly of any team, the Braves could hang with them. And then, yes, if you put the Dodgers into the World Series against the Rays, I think the Rays certainly have an advantage, and that may be where they could possibly knock off the Dodgers if they could push these games into a bullpen game. So, yeah, this is really interesting the way that uh, you flow from the straight no days off situation here in the league championship series and the previous series once you get into the world series with the normal time frame and i'm glad that you brought up the whole logistics of this postseason as we do have steve gardner joining me on the podcast because when the dodgers wind up falling down two to zero in the series now kyle wright still has to pitch for the atlanta braves but I think it will put the Braves in a much better advantage if you wind up having the traditional travel day, what have you, rather than right now. Because when it comes to Game 5, you either have to throw Max Freed on short rest or else do you go with someone like Josh Tomlin. I was thinking that perhaps Uskar Yanoa might be a candidate for that, but he wound up pitching four innings in that just absolute beatdown in Game 3. So you got to figure that he's not going to be able to go. Do you go with someone like a Tyler Madzek and go with a bullpen game from there. Meanwhile, if this were a little bit more of a traditional series where you've got that day off, you're able to throw Max Freed on non-short rest. Ian Anderson is able to come back on his normal rest as well. And I think that that would put the Braves at a much bigger advantage than they do just because of the strange way that 2020 shook out. Exactly. And I think that's why the Dodgers have an opportunity. Even they lose the first two games of the series, still aren't completely out of it. They proved it in game three, the way they came roaring back. But yes, now that's where the starting depth is really tested for Atlanta. And when your starter can't get out of the first inning in game three, it forces you to rethink your bullpen. And um, I, I think the Dodgers, they've been the best team all year, Greg. You know, they, they have been outstanding and have been dominant. I'll I tell you what, I still think that there's a very good chance that the Dodgers reach the World Series. And I still think they're the favorite in my mind to win it all. Yeah, I have to agree with you, especially with what we saw in the 11 run first setting. That was absolutely amazing. As we do have Steve Gardner joined me on the podcast. And I did mention the fact that we just don't know what the Atlanta Braves are going to be doing 
for game five. We're recording this before the game wound up going final. And I think it's fair to ask the question as to what the Dodgers are going to be doing as well, because you can bring back Walker Buehler on short rest, but there's no question about it. They've got much more appealing options. They've sort of been using Dustin May in the same role that they had Kent Maeda the last couple of years, a guy that can start a game for the team. We saw that in the San Diego Padres series, or they could just have him come out of the bullpen because a big question that you had with the Dodgers in game four was whether or not Clayton Kershaw was going to be able to give you a lot of time. It's very reassuring knowing that you've got someone in Justin May that was starting all year long, a guy that's able to throw 100 out of the bullpen and is able to give you multiple innings. I think that that's really the X factor here for the LA Dodgers because I think that there's more parallels between the LA Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves than a lot of people would like to give credit for because both of these teams were in the top two in the National League in runs per game, home runs per game, and bullpen ERA, which I think is very impressive that we're getting that in the National League Championship Series. Yeah, certainly. The funny thing is you think about the playoffs and and the expanded numbers of teams and, and what teams had to do and had to win and get through to get to this point. There are so many more potentials for upsets and, you know, especially in a three-game series. I mean, we could have had uh, tons of upsets, but yet... As you said, the Braves and the Dodgers were clearly the best two teams in the National League, and they have made it to this stage. It's a testament to both of them, you know, the organizations, the managers, the players, everybody, that we're getting the matchup that we do deserve for the NLCS. I agree, and I do also think that with the expanded playoff, we got a matchup that we thought was going to be very intriguing as well in the Rays and the Houston Astros. In a normal year, you don't see a 29-31 and 31 team, a team below 500, wind up making the postseason. And I did think that was so intriguing that for the ALCS, you had the team with the most strikeouts per game of any team out there in Major League Baseball in the Tampa Bay Rays go up against a team with the fewest amount of strikeouts in the major league during the regular season in the Houston Astros. And I know that Jared Diamond of the Wall Street Journal posted out a terrific tweet in that the team that strikes out fewer times during the regular season oftentimes wins that postseason series between 63 and 64%. I think that that might be a little bit of a kryptonite for the Tampa Bay Rays, regardless of if they go up against the LA Dodgers or the Atlanta Braves, because both of these teams have some good swing and miss pitchers. Now with the Braves, obviously Max Freed, their ace, is not a guy that's going to go out there and he's going to punch out like 15 or anything like that. But you do have that little bit of a fear with the Tampa Bay Rays because they're very matchup base. And it does seem like with them being matchup base, they sometimes are a little bit more all or nothing than a team that you'd like to see as a World Series contender. Exactly. And, you know, you look at the series against Houston where the Rays have just come up with the clutch hits at the perfect time. And when you're a swing and miss team, the chances of you being able to do that on a regular basis certainly decrease considerably. I mean, look, a one-run game, a two-to-one game in game one. In game two, if it weren't for the Jose Altuve error early in that one, Manny Margot doesn't hit a three-run home run. You know, they're out of the inning, and that was essentially the margin of victory. So every time it seems like the Rays have been able to, when the game is close, come up with the big hit, I think what's really carrying them is the great defensive play. And I think that's where it's hard to quantify. It's easy to look at and say, wow, they swing and miss an awful lot. But when you look at the defense, I think that's been the hidden thing that Tampa Bay has that hasn't really slumped at all. Defense and speed doesn't slump. And that's what the Rays have done. And that's why they're in the position that they're in. It just seems like every time they're making the defensive plays and it's given them the opportunity to have, you know, somebody like a Mike Brasso hit, you know, the big home run off a Chapman or Mike Zanino hit the big home run. I mean, somebody different 
with this Rays team every single night. And I think that's what makes them a team that you can root for. I mean, kind of an underdog, but also a team that you never know what to expect from them. Who's going to be the hero night in, night out? I completely agree with you. And even Austin Meadows, a guy that has not hit the best in the ALCS. He had a big home run in Game 5. Looked like he was really emerging as a star during the 2019 season. Unfortunately, 2020, a little bit of a loss year because he was dealing with COVID-19. Could never really get on track until he winds up having that big at-bat. And then I'm so glad that you mentioned the defense as well. Kevin Kiermeyer, all the plays that he's able to make out there in center field might be the most underrated fielder in the game right now. Manuel Margot with a bunch of catches. And you know things are going really well when Hunter Renfro makes two sliding slash diving catches in the exact same game. So, I mean, certainly the Houston Astros were just chucking up their hands saying, what the heck can we do here? when they wound up falling down by a count of three to zero, but a man that never falls down in a series because this man is always winning. That'd be you, Steve. You've been doing a great job all year long of just covering Major League Baseball. Like I was saying, even when it looked a little bit uncertain as to whether or not we were going to be getting a series, you were sticking with it. You've done a great job all year long of breaking things down. So let the good people at home know where they're able to follow you on social media and elsewhere and just what you're all working on. Sure. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Steve A. Gardner and can look for my work covering baseball playoffs and in the future doing some you know fantasy baseball looking ahead to next year at usatoday.com slash fantasy for the baseball season usatoday.com slash mlb i just can't wait this is going to be a great couple more weeks of the baseball season and then we kick it back into off-season mode and start thinking about 2021 which should be fascinating as well yes absolutely you're probably gonna have a couple players from the kbo get posted that's something that i'm locked in on as i became a kbo fan during quarantine i've continued to watch that and steve does a great job of looking for all those diamonds in the rough when it comes to fantasy and just breaking down the game in general. So big thanks to Steve Gardner of USA Today for joining me right here on the Baseball Bank Podcast brought to you by Book at Sports HQ. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast. I give you a sign total on every game for the MLB betting board for Friday and something I like to call Touch Em All. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast. Myself, Greg Peterson, powered by Book It Sports. As you know, Book It Sports, the app is going to be coming your way November 1st. The hub for absolutely everything that you need. Line moves, being able to post your plays there. So much more. You're able to follow them on Twitter at Book It HQ. And as you know, they're joining forces with some fine podcasts like this one, like Jeff Parles of Parlay Cast. They are not currently with Steve Gardner, who does absolutely terrific work with USA Today, but you who knows, the way that they're growing at this point, they might be taking over the world. So big thanks to Book It Sports and a big thanks to Steve Gardner for allowing me to do what I do on this podcast today. Now it is that time of this fine podcast. They give you a sign total for both games on the MLB betting board for Friday and something you like to call touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at JarenScorty1. As per usual, we're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order, and I'm going to be able to give you a 
whole lot more on the first one than the second one because with 901, 902 on the betting board, you've got the Houston Astros against the Tampa Bay Rays out there in San Diego, and we know both pitchers are going to be going. Fran Valdez is on the bump for the Houston Astros. Blake Zell is going to be going for the Tampa Bay Rays. Total on this game is 8. Under is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 120. Over is anywhere between minus 105 and even. If you're looking at the Rays, going to be finding them anywhere between minus 130, minus 135. Your plus price here with the Houston Astros. Anywhere between plus 115 and plus 125. And with Fran Valdez, he has been able to do a very solid job this year. He wound up walking right around 5 men per 9 innings during the 2019 campaign. He has certainly turned that around here in 2020. And you take a look at this gentleman. He wound up getting the loss in the first start that he had in this series. But in that start, he went 6 strong. He gave up 2 runs. You really can't ask much more than that. He did give up 4 walks, so that was a little bit of a bugaboo. But in his previous 4 starts, I combined 4 walks, so I think that he's going to be able to do a solid job there. And he wound up getting 8 strikeouts. And that's big because the Tampa Bay Rays during the regular season only team to punch out 10 plus times at the plate per game and something that really came into play yesterday in the game is the fact that the Houston Astros struck out just five times at the plate. Tampa Bay Rays struck out 11 times. That could explain why the Tampa Bay Rays wound up going 0 for with men in scoring position. They stranded 9 on base but you take a look at Blake Snell. This is someone that he's been a little bit up and down in his last four starts. In his last four starts he has given up three runs in one, zero in another, Four runs to the New York Yankees, and then he winds up giving up one run in that start against Fran Valdez and was able to get the win, but in five innings, only had two strikeouts. That's a season low from in starts in which he's went at least three innings, so that certainly is of note with the Tampa Bay Rays. They did have to burn through quite a bit of their bullpen, but with that said, they do have a couple long relief guys, so Jose Alvarado did not have to come out of the bullpen, along with Diego Castillo, Peter Fairbanks, so they're still in pretty solid shape. Meanwhile, for the Houston Astros, Pretty much all hands were on deck yesterday, so that means that Luis Garcia had to go multiple innings. Josh James was pushed out of the bullpen. Christian Javier a couple days ago wound up having to give the team multiple innings. You gotta think that he's a little bit of a long relief option, but Enoli Paredes wound up getting used up, so Luis goes on and on. Andre Scrub as well, along with Blake Taylor, so that is not necessarily ideal, but what has been ideal for the Houston Astros is Carlos Correa. Six home runs here in the postseason after he had five during the regular season. You knew that the offensive potential was there for the Houston Astros coming into the postseason, it has all of a sudden emerged. Jose Altuve, he's got the yips when it comes to the fielding, but 421 batting average, 522 on base in this series. Michael Brantley has been able to do a good job of getting on base. He had a pair of RBIs in the team's win yesterday. Kyle Tucker, along with Carlos Correa and Yoli Gurriel, have not gotten it done from a batting average standpoint, but we know that Correa has certainly been coming up with home runs. George Springer won the now all-time leaders when it comes to home runs of the postseason. He's been terrific here for the Tampa Bay Rays. It's just been all about time hitting from everyone not named Randy Arozarena. For Arozarena, he goes deep once again yesterday. For the series, he's hitting a 381. For the entire postseason, he's hitting above a 400. He's got six home runs in the past two series. You need other guys to step up and around him, though. Brandon Lau was able to get a home run in Game 5, but I mean, this is a guy that's hitting a buck 05 with a 105 on base for this series. Austin Meadows hitting a buck 18. He had a nice home run in that series against the New York Yankees. Pat said he hasn't done much so far this year. Yandy Diaz is back at the full, but he's hitting below the Mendoza line along with Joey Wendell, Willie Thomas. These guys have just not been able to step up to the plate. Now, we were talking about it with our good buddy Steve Gardner. The guys out there in the field, especially Kevin Kiermeyer, along with Manuel Margot, have been 
able to do an absolutely terrific job of fielding. And when it comes to Houston Astros, they've committed a couple costly errors and they've been the beneficiaries of a couple in past series. I've taken a look at that Minnesota Twins series, but I do think that in the end, the Tampa Bay Rays are going to be able to get the job done. I do think that they're going to be able to get to Valdez. And then from there, I think that this Houston Astros bullpen is just so tired that they're going to wind up giving up quite a few runs. The Rays are so good at being able to play the matchup. So I'm going to be taking the Tampa Bay Rays in this spot along with this total over. And then we've got 903-904 on the betting board. That is the Atlanta Braves facing off against the LA Dodgers. We do know one of the starters for the Dodgers. That would be one Dustin May. Meanwhile, for the Atlanta Braves, they are going to be evaluating all options. This is currently off the board. If Max Freed goes for the Atlanta Braves, I'm going to be picking them in a closeout because Max Freed has been absolutely terrific for this team all year long. He's given up more than three runs in just one start. That was the team's first game in that series against the Miami Marlins. Of past that, he has been lights out. You take a look at Max Freed for the season. 225 ERA during the regular season. 7-0 record. He's not necessarily the biggest swing and miss guy across his postseason and regular season numbers. He has only gotten about 68 strikeouts and he's won a grand total of 73 innings, but he just keeps the ball in the yard. 21 walks and 4 home runs surrendered in that time span as well. Now, if the Atlanta Braves trot out there, pretty much anyone else, it might be a little bit more of a horse beast situation because you gotta think that if they don't wind up sending out their Max Freed, it's gonna be a bullpen game and which is probably gonna be started by Josh Shomlin. I mean, if you're getting Josh Shomlin as a starter, Things did not go well when he was starting. That's putting it very politely with Josh Shomlin. I believe that he wound up getting two, maybe three starts during the regular season. Just absolutely atrocious. You look at what he wound up doing in those spots. He had an ERA that was north of six across his five starts. 21 and a third innings. He wound up giving up four home runs in those situations. As a reliever, he went 18 and a third innings. And in comparison, he had just two home runs surrendered. So it certainly is one of those situations in which he is not very comfortable as a starter. And you got to think that it's going to be very much a wholesale approach. If the Atlanta Braves do wind up going with someone not named Max Freed, though, I will say this. Mark Melanson, A.J. Minter, Darren O'Day, these guys are going to be all available for the team along with a little bit of an underrated relief guy in Jacob Webb. You can't think that Uskar you know, is going to be able to give this team multiple innings because he wound up pitching four innings in that beatdown that we saw in Game 3. And I will say this, when the roof is open out there in Globe Life, I believe that we've now had 11 games between the Texas Rangers games and this series. We have seen out of those 11 games with the roof is open, nine of them go over. So that is something that I'm going to be taking a look at. I think that there's a feeling that we might get another total of, say, like, nine and a half-ish, and if we would see a nine and a half, and it's Dustin May against Max Freed, I might take a look at the under. If it's someone other than Max Freed, I'm certainly going to be taking a look at the over. So this play really hinges on what the Atlanta Braves do. I'm not able to give you too much right now, but I can tell you right now, those are some of the trends I've taken a look at, because you've got the two top offenses out there in the National League from the 2020 regular season with the Atlanta Braves. I mean, Travis Arno, Freddie Freeman, along with Marcelo Zuna, all at a 350 or greater. We saw Zuna being able to give the team a pair of home runs. Freddie Freeman has already went deep twice in this series. He wound up having two RBI yesterday. Travis Arnault has been a little bit cold, hitting a 0.83. Dansby Swanson, along with Austin Riley, both hitting below the Mendoza line, but even when you get a look at a guy like your Christian Pache, he has been able to do something. He's in for the injured Adam Duvall. He wound up having a home run in seemingly garbage time of Game 3. And Ronald Lacuna Jr., you do want to keep an eye on him because he wound up having an injury in that big explosion that the 
Atlanta Braves had in the sixth inning, so I'll be monitoring that. Meanwhile, for the Dodgers, Mookie Betts, you gotta think, is gonna be able to come with it. He, Cody Bellinger, and Will Smith for the series, all hitting below a 200. AJ Pollock is hitting right at a 200, but you've been able to get Jock Peterson going. He was terrible during the regular season. He's hitting a 455. He's been able to go deep in the series. Corey Seager has been able to give the team a little bit of power as well, just to turn her down for what? Hitting a 313. I do think that the Atlanta Braves are going to give up a couple more runs here for the Dodgers. I think that it's going to be just one of these situations in which you gotta question how long Dustin May is going to be able to go because he has been used in sort of a long relief role. I would think maybe you use him for three, maybe four innings here. Hopefully you can get a little bit more if you're the LA Dodgers. And with Dustin May, it's just absolutely surprising that he doesn't have more strikeouts because the guy throws 100 plus. He's went 60 and two-thirds innings between the regular season and the postseason. 50 strikeouts to show for it. That's one of those where you just toss up your hands. He has given up quite a few home runs. He's given up nine of them, so that's something that you could expect from a guy that tosses a little bit harder, but across four and two-thirds innings here in the postseason has not given up a run. That's a little bit encouraging, but got to think that maybe that second, third time through the lineup, the Braves are going to be able to get to him. I'd expect quite a bit of offense regardless of who goes, but my decision when it comes to the money line, that is going to be dependent on the Braves and the Dodgers, and if you see a huge adjustment, like a total in double digits, then I might be taking a look at something different with regards to that, so I did my best to be able to give you guys what's all running through my mind with that, but what is also running through my mind is the fact that Steve Gardner brought it on this podcast today, so a big thanks to him for joining me, and if you like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Bang Podcast, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and tune in. If you have any question for the podcast, feel free to either fire that in by Twitter timeline at Jared one or leave an Apple Podcast review, rate this podcast five stars, and then leave your question, comment, concern there, and also a massive thanks to Book It Sports for now being on board with this podcast. The app is launching on November 1st for whichever phone you use, whether it be Android or iPhone. Very much looking forward to that. I always look forward to being able to talk at you guys every single day. Hopefully you're all safe, healthy, and doing well. I'll talk to you guys once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.